time we did, who was the character we centered the story on last time? That's right, Abraham. And we divided his life up into four different periods. And at the beginning of each period, what happened that was the same for each of them? God spoke to him. That's right. Yeah, God talked to him each of these times. Now, God talked with him a little bit more than just those four times, but um, those were major um, revelations from God that that each time changed his life. Now, in in this morning's lesson, who are we going to focus on? Yeah, his son Isaac. And does God talk to Isaac? Okay. They all get the promises. Yeah. How many? How many? You're right. Now he talked with him right before he went to Abimelech. What did he tell him? Yeah. He also told him not to go down to Egypt because um, there was a famine. And of course, you remember when Abraham went down to Egypt, that didn't work out so well. Um, yeah. By my count. And I could be wrong, but by, by my count, he um, he appears, he talks to Isaac twice. So he doesn't get as many times as Abraham got. All right. Well, we'll we'll do some more overhead in a minute. But uh, first of all, we've got this lovely story in chapter twenty-four. Um, Abraham is old, and what about uh, Sarah? What? A... She's already died. Yeah, she already died. So, what's the the issue in chapter twenty four about? I think Abraham uh, finding Isaac's finding Isaac's son for Isaac. A wife, yeah, for for his son, yeah. Um, and it's important that he not get her from where? From the Canaanites, yeah. And which is interesting because there's someone else in our story this morning that did take a wife from the Canaanites. Who was that? Yeah, Esau. Yeah, Isaac's son. So, um, did Abraham send Isaac back somewhere to get a wife then? Life specific. Isaac is not to go. Yeah, Isaac isn't to go back. Only, only the servant goes back. What's the name of the servant? He's the oldest servant, so he's the old guy. Yeah, it, that's that's the best guess we have is Eliezer. It doesn't say what his name is, but back in chapter was it fifteen when Abraham mentioned that he didn't have a son and Eliezer, his servant, was going to inherit everything. Of course, that Eliezer might have died by now. This has been a lot of years, uh, so we don't know who this was. What do you think of the guy? I mean, we don't know his name, but what do you think of him? A righteous man, isn't he? He's a man of faith. What, what, did he, what did he do that illustrated his faith? Yeah, ask God to help him, and and he got real specific too. It wasn't just you know generally help me on the in this task, but what did he? What did he? Yeah, he actually set the sign up, and and asked God. You know, God, if you'll do this, if you do this, then I'll know this is the one. 
And what was the sign? Yeah. If he asks the lady for a, a young lady, of course, for a drink, if she gives him a drink and then and then just all on her own volunteers to water the camels, then she's the one. He also waited to see if the Lord did answer his prayer. You're right. Yeah, because he got to the well. He was in the right town and all. He didn't know anybody there. And um, he, he prayed to God. And I mean, you, he obviously has faith to, to be willing to do that. Um, he, I thought it was interesting that it said while he was still praying, she came out. So he didn't have to wait very long. That's right. But I think sometimes we pray and we think, okay, I'm going to start praying for this now so that maybe like, you know, a week or a few months or whenever God, you know, kind of slowly works this out for me. And sometimes I don't think God can work it out immediately. Yeah. Well, the waiting that Tracy was talking about was actually a little bit after this, oh, okay. which is surprising. You're right. While he was still praying, this this young lady, what's her name? Rebecca. She comes out and... So you know he's already asked God for the sign. So you know he's got to do his part. You got to, he's, you know he's got to start asking these women for a drink. I don't guess he knows how many times he's gonna have to ask for a drink. But the very first time, she gives him a drink, and then when he finishes drinking, she just says, um, "I'll water your camels also." And then he waits. Um, that while she's going back and forth, she could keep, I don't know how many trips you have to go to the well to water all the camels. How many camels did he have? Ten, Ten camels. <laughs> so, so she's going back and forth watering the camels. And in verse 21, meanwhile the man was gazing at her in silence to know whether the Lord had made his journey successful or not. Um, he, you see, there's one more thing he's got to find out because Abraham hadn't just sent him back to get any woman. What did, who did he have to get? Yeah, it had to be from his wife's family. And here's this woman just, I mean, she's in the right town, but, you know, lots of people live in this town. How does he know? I mean, he, he, I think he has faith that God has given him the sign, but he's got to ask some questions and make sure. So in verse 23, well, and, and the interesting thing I find is he gives her all this jewelry before he even finds out the answer to this question. <laughs> he's given her... Um, uh, a gold ring and bracelets. Um, by the way, what did she do with the ring? Yeah, that's what they did for with rings back then. Things time, times have kind of come full circle. <laughs> and so then he says, "Well, whose daughter are you?" And when he finds out, she said, "She says in verse twenty-four, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. Nahor was Abraham's brother. He and he was already dead." Um, he, I think he was the older brother. And I'm pretty sure he had died even before Abraham had um, had gone into the land of Canaan. So he knew at that point. And so in verse 26, the man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. He had asked for the sign. He got the sign. He asked her what family she was from. She was from the exact family Abraham had mentioned. And God had answered his prayer. And, and wow, he is so happy. And, and he knows who, who did it. And he thanks him. Um, so, yeah, this guy's got faith. Where did he get this faith from? Yeah, God had said earlier, right before He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, He said, shall I hide this from Abraham? Because you know I've picked him 
and and he's going to raise his family up to to I, I'm paraphrasing, you know, do what's right. And part of the family was the slaves, and he, so he had taught this. It was, this was his head slave here, and he taught him, and he'd done a great job. So he's man's worthy of of his master Abraham. And in fact, that's not the last thing in the story he does that really shows his good character. What happens after that? Well, no, the day before. On the day you arrived. Yeah. Um, they want him to do what first? Alright, I'm not asking the question well enough. They, they, he got into the house and they, and they immediately give him some food. Here, sit down and eat. Yeah, he he's not going to eat until he explains why he's there. And so they hear the whole story and they're satisfied. And so then he does eat and then he gives lots of presents. And the next day, as folks have already pointed out, he wants to leave, which is pretty big shock to this family because how long is it going to be before they see their daughter or sister again? Yeah, that's right. I don't think they ever did. So, you know, you find out one day, the next day she's gone, that's a pretty big shock. So they, they think, you know, stay around a little while so we can have a farewell party. But he he's eager to finish this whole project. Yeah. Um, Samuel did the same thing when he was, before, when he went to um, Jesus and Jesus said, Well, you know, you yeah, you're right. That's that's a good parallel. Yes, he had to anoint David before they sat down to eat. Um, so, well, what do you think of Rebecca then? We've talked about the servant. What do you think of her? Very ambitious. Ambitious? Yeah, all those cameras. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, well, she certainly is showing um, a, a faithful character. I mean. What's what's the word for what she was doing? Serving. Serving, yeah. Uh, you could also call it hospitality. Um, that's what hospitality is about, taking care of the needs of someone coming to visit. So, you know, we, we we're impressed with the character, and then when the servant wants to leave the next day, uh, and she's quite willing to go that day, again, um, She's going to be a worthy mate for Abraham's son Isaac. So we've got, we've got two people of faith. Isaac certainly has faith. Rebecca has faith. They're going to make a good marriage. Not have any problems. <laughs> I thought if, you, if both of them had faith. <laughs> um, yeah, faith, having faith and being sinless are two different things. And uh, Abraham had faith. Was Abraham sinless? Name me a sin that Abraham committed. Yeah, lied about his wife. That was unfortunate. And he he also showed a, a somewhat lack of faith, I think, when he when he accepted his wife's suggestion to have a son by the servant. And that wasn't the one that God had in mind. Of course, God had never told him who the son would come by, but um, he felt like he needed a 
he needed to do something if God wasn't going to give him the son in the ordinary way. But God didn't need the help. So what we're dealing with here, we're dealing with people who are not at all perfect. They're people like us. But they have faith. And that's what God is honoring. In fact, what's that famous verse in that we had in Abraham's story? Abraham believed God and God accounted to him for righteousness. Yeah, Paul, Paul quotes that passage. Um, yeah, Tracy. I was wondering in... When Abraham died, he was 175. And I was wondering if Abraham got <coughs> um, to see his um, grandkids because um, Isaac was 60 years old when he had Jacob and Esau. Yeah, and Abraham was, of course, 100 when Isaac was born. So he lived 15 years past the birth of Jacob and Esau. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I can't imagine that Isaac wouldn't have taken his his kids to see the grand grandfather. Um, yeah, um, but um, it, we don't read about it here because the way the way Moses does his story, he wants to close out Abraham before he starts Isaac, and so in chapter 25, um, we read the we have 11 verses where we just wrap up the story of Abraham. And nothing's, nothing that really affects our story happens here. He, he had some other wives. He had some other children. But they weren't children of promise, so they don't really matter. And when he was finally died, where was he buried? With his wife in the cave of Machpelah that he had that he'd purchased when she died. Now, what's notable about verse 12 of chapter 25? New chapter. Yeah. We've gone for a long ways on this chapter. But now we got a new one we'll, and we'll take a look at that. Candace also uh, significance to this the records is when when um, the temple was destroyed the, the um, they destroyed the temple and they had to have those records to, uh, to make sure that they were... Yes. Yeah, they did. And, and there were some of the priests that didn't have records so they didn't get to be priests after that. Um, okay, we've been doing Moses in chapter 6, the history of Terah's family. Who was Terah? Yeah, Abraham's father. So this is really Abraham's story. Now, in chapter 25, verse 12, the history of Ishmael's family. And this is a very short chapter. In verse 19, we start the history of Isaac's family. Um, and we won't spend any time on the Ishmael thing, but he, he goes down quite a ways in his history. Um, and this is very typical. Um, Moses will follow a line um, as far as he chooses to follow it, and, it, and it's not necessarily chronological order, and then he'll come back to where, the, to where we're more interested. So the rest of today and part of next week will be on the history of Isaac's family. Now I want to show um, the descendants of Abraham as far, as far as we're going to get in um, uh, in the book of uh, Genesis. <coughs> 
Okay, Abraham, first son is Ishmael. I just put three dots. I didn't want to list all those 12 princes and all that. But, you know, it, it goes down a ways in history. And we've, we covered him first. He, we're done with him. Then we we'll go to Isaac. Oldest is Esau, and we'll follow him down a ways. But he's not the one, so we go back to Jacob. Why did I put some of these in red? That's the direct line to, to the Messiah. Exactly, the direct line to the Messiah. And we'll find out by the end of the book that one of the twelve sons, Judah, is going to be the one who gets the promise to whom the Messiah is going to come. We'll come back to this. But um, we, we've even before we got to Abraham, we've seen the same pattern in, in the book of Genesis where we go off and we cover the descendants who aren't important. Uh, we saw that in chapter 10. Uh, we had, you know, of the three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, there were, you know, most of the descendants were not interested in, so we, we get them finished off in one chapter, and then we come back to the, the line of Shem, and through whom Abraham comes. Okay. Um, so, in verse 19, these, the, now these are the records of the generations of Isaac. So we get Isaac's story. And he was 40 years old when he got married. And as Tracy pointed out, he was 60 before they had any children. And this seems to be a recurring theme in the Bible, this, this, this childlessness problem. Abraham's wife Sarah had the problem. Now the son Isaac... Uh, Rebecca has the problem. Um, in uh, later on, we find um, Hannah uh, has the same problem, and she has her son Samuel, who, who figures very large in the history of Israel later on. And her, and her <coughs> Jacob's first, second wife, Yeah, she had the same problem. Um, <coughs> I think this goes back to the promise in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 of the seed of, of the woman will come the one who will defeat the serpent. And if it's going to be the gift of God, and the key to understanding those promises in Genesis 3 is that God is the one doing this. This is not humans doing this, although God is doing it through humans. There's a huge difference between doing something through humans and have humans be the ones who do it. And so it becomes evident in the lives of these people that God is active in their lives. Sarah's son was not through the normal course of things. God, God is the one who did that, and it was very, very obvious that it was God. It's going to be through the seed of the woman, yes, but by the grace of God. And so here with Isaac, he's got the same problem. You know, I've got a wife. You know, obviously the wife God wanted for me. You know, he's not going to make a mistake his dad made and go off and get a servant. But um, you know, they don't have any son, children. You know, twenty years have gone by. But he prays to God, and God answers the prayer, and God gives him these sons. And then before they're born, God gives a revelation to Rebecca. I assume she gave it to to uh, her husband as well. And, and what was that revelation? Two nations. Two nations in your womb. And what's strange about it? The older will serve the younger. The older will serve the younger. And of the two, who was the older? Esau. 
Yeah. And Esau descended, his descendants became the nation of Edom. And Jacob's descendants became what? The nation of Israel. And Israel was the stronger of the two and very often defeated Edom. Though strangely enough, by the time of Christ, it was an Edomite who was the king. Herod was actually an Edomite. Um, now, um, before we finish chapter 25, though, we're already seeing some of the character coming out. What does Jacob do to his brother that might be a little bit less than kind and brotherly? Yeah, the birthright thing. Um, he doesn't deceive his brother in this case, but what does he do? Yeah, he basically takes advantage of his brother's weakness. The brother is hungry, he's got food. You know, I'll give you the food if you tell me the birthright, which, I mean, this is not a fair way to treat anybody. Um, but. And Jacob may have been he may have been aware of the promise that was given. I would guess that he was, and probably felt like well he was he was helping God along the way to to meet this promise. Um, and and this is, we're going to see this is a problem over and over in the life of Jacob that he he just repeatedly feels like he has to help God out. God has given him a promise, but he can't wait for God to give it to him. He's got to. He's got to deal with it. And, of course, that's a lack of faith. Now, I don't mean to say that Jacob is not a man of faith. He certainly is. If he didn't have faith, he wouldn't want the things he wants. But he's using invalid means to get those things. Um, and his faith is going to have to grow until he really trusts God to deal with these things. Um, there's, no, there's no call for a brother to mistreat his brother like that just to help God out. God could have given him the promise without that. And we'll see again later on. It gets even worse. Um, now, we come to chapter 26 and we're back to Isaac for a short time. There's a famine. Now, that was the same reason why Abraham had originally gone down into Egypt where he got into trouble. But this time, why didn't Isaac go into Egypt? Yeah, God appeared to him and told him not to go. And so he said, sojourn in this land and I will be with you and bless you. Because... He's going to give him the land, so he wants him to stay there. And so he ends up going down to Gerar, which is the same place where uh, earlier his father had lied about Sarah and had had Sarah taken into the king's harem. That was a big embarrassment. And so what does he do when he gets to Gerar? <laughs> he, he lies about his wife again. But the story doesn't end quite the same. I mean... The king doesn't take her into his harem. Um, he just spots some behavior between them that he knows this is not brother and sister behavior here. And so he rebukes them, which again, you know, time and time again, we just get embarrassed as we read this, this book of Genesis. We get embarrassed by these good people being rebuked by people in the world for their sins. And it's just it's sad. Yeah, Ralph. Did you say Abimelech was a I think it might be a title, yes, because otherwise he'd be awfully old by now. Because, uh, um, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if, if he had been through the situation with Abraham, he might have been on this, on the alert for Abraham's son's behavior. But I, we're guessing it's a title. Yeah. 
Well, like Pharaoh is a title. You know, there were lots of Pharaohs, but each one was called Pharaoh. So Abimelech might have been a title because it's the exact same name as the one who took Abraham's wife Sarah, but it's been a long time, a lot of years since then. So a lot of people having the same name. Well, no, it's not that. I mean, it's. I mean, like, we have a title of president. I mean, Mr. Obama is president. Before him, Mr. Bush was president. It's not a name, it's a title. Um, and, and that could be, it could have been their, their word for king, but we don't, we don't really know. Um, anyway, he stays in the land, he does well. Um, they have some arguments. Um, and and he's, Isaac is a pretty laid back guy, he's interesting. Um, Whenever he digs well and the country will argue over, he just moves on. Let's dig another one until he finally gets one that they don't argue over and then they're happy. That's not the way his son Jacob would have done it, <laughs> as we will see. But everybody has their own uh, character. And in fact, that's not the way Isaac's wife, Rebecca, would do it. <laughs> um, I think Jacob inherited his character from her. Because we come to chapter 27 and that's what we have. We've got... Rebecca, and we got Jacob. Um, Isaac's getting old, although in fact he lived for decades after this. But he, he's blind. He doesn't know how much longer he's going to live. He needs to bless his older son. So um, sends him out into the field. You know, go hunt some game and make a nice meal for me, and I'll, we'll have this this meal, and I'll give you my blessing. And, I, and of course. Rebecca hears that and she understands that's going to go flat against what God had prophesied before the sons were born. You know, red alert, emergency, we have to act. Otherwise, God's promise won't be fulfilled. And, you know, we, we, kind, of, we kind of look at this and we smile, but folks, we do this all the time ourselves. <laughs> this is just human nature. I mean, we know what God has said, but how often do we do things, things that. Christians really ought not to be doing, but we think unless we do this, you know, we'll have disaster. Um, no, we we do we do not help God out that way. Um, and so, by the time it's all over, um, Isaac is lying repeatedly to his dad. It's it. I mean, it, it's so much. I suspect even he was getting embarrassed because his dad was suspicious and you know was trying out different you know ways to try to find out. If this really was Esau, and and, and he, he never does find out until finally Esau comes in. Of course, they knew that was going to happen, um, but by then it's too late. He's already given his blessing to to Jacob, and I think at that point Isaac also recognizes that this really was God's will. He, I'm sure Isaac knew of that promise made to his wife. The older will serve the younger, and 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 the blessing he thought he was given giving to Esau, he's saying in verse twenty nine, "May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers." That's exactly the opposite of what God had stated before they were born. And so when he realizes he's blessed the wrong son, he refuses to take it back. I think he understands the hand of God in that. That's kind of a rough way to get brought up short by God, but again, we can relate to that. We've all we've all had times when we've had to be brought up short by God. It doesn't feel good, but it's a lot better than what would happen if we weren't. And he accepted it. By faith he said no. 
he's going to stay blessed. And um, so. His mother, uh, Rebecca, never got to see. Well, you're getting ahead, but yeah. (laughs) We will get to that. Because um, after this, uh, what does Esau decide he's going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want to grieve his dad. Then he can kill. <laughs> He's not all bad. Um, well, it is true Jacob had done a very terrible thing to his brother. I mean, that's twice he's he's treated his brother like that. It's and God didn't need that help. You know, he thought he just he just didn't have the faith in God. Um. So now they got to deal with, you know, they don't they don't want to get Isaac, get Jacob killed. So um, she doesn't come to Isaac and say, "Hey, Esau is going to kill uh, Jacob." She comes and says, "Hey, uh, we got to get a, a wife for Jacob, and it better be someone better than these wives that Esau has taken." And Isaac agrees with that. And I don't know whether Isaac ever knew that Esau wanted to kill Jacob. Um, but he instructs Jacob on going back to get a wife. And Rebecca's going to send him call him as soon as Esau calms down, but apparently that never happened. And um, as Tracy pointed out, we never, we never read of Rebecca again after this. Um, so it, it, it's entirely possible that she died during the 20 years that Jacob was away from, from home. Um, the only thing we we read about when after Jacob goes back, the only thing we read that is, that is all connected with her is her servant, a nurse, um, who is with them, but not Rebecca. So I don't know what to make about that, but um, Jacob at least is going to go through some hard times to learn the lesson. He, so he heads out on foot. He's got 400 miles to travel to get to um, where he's going. He doesn't have 10 camels with him, apparently, like like his father's servant had. And he gets to a place and lays down and sleeps. And what happens? Yeah, he has a dream of a what? A ladder, or sometimes translated a staircase. Yeah. Um, and what's on the staircase? Angels. Angels going up and down on the staircase. What's at the top of the staircase? Yeah, God is up at the top with with Jacob at the bottom. He's, he's sleeping at the foot of the staircase, I assume. And what was that a prophecy of? Ultimately, it was a prophecy of Jesus. In John chapter 2, he, he refers to this vision, but he's the one fulfilling that. But he, Jesus was descended from Jacob, so it's appropriate that Jacob would get this, this vision. Now, um, he finally comes to the this to Haran, the, the land where his relatives are from, his mom and all, and he falls in love with who? That's his mom. Yeah, I always get those two mixed up because they have the same first letter. Um, he falls in love with Rachel. Um, 
And she has an older sister named Leah. Yes. He doesn't fall in love with her. Rachel's Rachel's pretty. Yeah. Rachel's pretty. He likes Rachel. So um, he makes a deal with uh, Rachel's father, Laban, who, which is his uncle, that he'll serve Laban for how long? Seven years to get Rachel. And then after the seven years, which went by, it just seemed like a few days, he was so in love, uh, that um, he gets his wife, and what happens? He gets the older instead of the younger, huh? Now, have we had anything in the past about someone mistaking the older or the younger? Yes, we have. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Jacob thought about that when this happened? He knew he was being rebuked by God. I mean, that was all there was to it. He was being re- rebuked by God. And and I'll tell you, I think that still happens today. I mean, I, I'll tell you, and if you're watching your lives, you may see times when things happen and you realize, I know how that feels now. Because <laughs> you're on the opposite end of it. Um, but anyway, he has to work another seven years, but he gets Rachel just a week later and then he pays for her on the installment plan afterwards. And um, So in chapter 30, they start having children. And that brings us back to our overhead here. Um, who's the first one to have children in his family? Leah. Leah, yeah. That's not the one he wanted to have the children, is it? Um, I mean, Rachel is his favorite the whole time. But Leah has Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, four of them. Yeah, she, yeah she, you feel bad for her. I mean, she, she wants her husband to love her, and he doesn't. Of course, she went along with this whole deal. I mean, it's, it's not like she's entirely innocent either. Um, but finally... Um, Rachel just gives up the chance of her having children. What does she do instead? Yeah, she offers her servant Billa, who has Dan and Ephli. So, they're they're legally they are Rachel's children, but Rachel still doesn't feel very happy about it. So then, Leah sees that and says, "Oh, hey, I've got a handmaid too." <laughs> and so Zilpah has two children <laughs> for Leah. And then finally, Rachel has a son, Joseph. Um, and now Benjamin doesn't get born in our story yet. He gets born later. And then Leah has two more sons and, and a daughter named. I, I assume she has other daughters, but the reason they named Dinah is because she figures in the story later. Um, so at that point, Jacob's ready to go back home. I mean, he's been gone for a long time. He's got wives. He's got children. But Laban doesn't want him to go back. So Laban offers to pay him. You know, name your wages. And so they work out this deal where he gets all the speckled uh, sheep from the flock and the solid-colored sheep belong to Laban. And Laban is trying to work tricks on this to, to keep him from getting too many of these. And Jacob's trying to work tricks to get as many as he can. I mean, they're, they're, they're two of a kind, except that I don't think Laban's a man of faith and Jacob is. But, you know, faith, but really trusting God. He's not really trusting God at this. He's trying to use his wits. And um, 
But eventually, God gives him a dream and He shows him the dream that it's God who's been giving him all these flocks. God doesn't mention His tricks at all. God's the one doing this for him. And so now, Jacob is convinced he's going to go home and he's going to do it again on the sly. And I don't, I don't know whether that was completely necessary, but, but Laban was not one to give up either Jacob or his daughters easily. So... Oh yeah, no they they were very they were jealous because he was getting rich and they were claiming that you know he was stealing all the income from their dad, but that doesn't mean that Laban would let him go. <laughs> um, so finally, he sneaks out when Laban's out of town, and it takes about a week or so before Laban can catch up with him. And what saves Jacob's life in this whole thing? Yeah, God God appeared to Laban in a dream. He said, "Don't be careful that you not speak to Jacob either good or bad." Now, what he means is bad is threatening him. You know, you better come back. Good meaning, I'll reward you greatly if you'll come back. Either one, God doesn't want him going back. He's done. So they end up um, at at the end of this story. Um, they end up making a covenant, but it's a, it's it's kind of a sad covenant because what are they promising each other? Not to cross a particular line to do evil. Yeah, they promise not to cross this line to do evil to the other person. <laughs> this is his father-in-law. I mean, wow, what a great relationship! It's, it's too bad. Um, so. That brings us to the end of our of our reading for this week. Uh, I'll talk to you in just a minute what we'll be doing for next week. But I want to point out, at this point, Jacob has proven himself to be someone who wants the good. He you know he wants this this birthright, he, he wants the blessing from, from God. But his faith has been awfully weak. He's been willing to do very sinful things to get these things. And and he's had to learn the hard way what it feels like to be tricked. He's he's gotten himself in trouble with his father in law and, and, and had to get rescued by God. He's got one more thing to go before he finally learns what it means to trust in God by faith. And that's going to be in the next chapter. Yeah, it's called Esau. <laughs> the guy that wanted to kill him. And and after that, he'll he'll have learned the lesson and he won't he won't behave like that anymore. His sons will, unfortunately, <laughs> but he won't. Um, and so in next week's lesson, uh, we'll we'll cover I forget the the, ch- the chapter numbers, but but we'll cover his meeting with Esau. Some sad things that happen in the in the family, and the birth of his last son, Benjamin's last one, and then and then we'll get into the story of Joseph, and and he'll get sold, and and we'll we won't finish the story of Joseph, but we'll get up to the where his brothers go down to Egypt and to buy grain. So we're moving forward now. Joseph, you notice we didn't put him in red. He's not going to be an ancestor of Jesus. 
<clears throat> but he is a very key figure because it was by him that God got the whole family down into Egypt, which he needed to do to get them separated from the Canaanites who they were starting to marry. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I mean, Isaac didn't marry a Canaanite, Jacob didn't marry a Canaanite, but some of these guys did, and, and, it's gonna, and if, if they go very long, it's going to kind of ruin the family. So they're gonna, God's going to separate them for the next few hundred years, and Joseph is the key figure in, in, in that story. Yeah, John. Yeah, about the Canaanites, marrying the Canaanites, uh, he was directed to, to go, uh, Rachel was preferable to any of the Canaanites, and Rachel still their father's household gods. So this is the one that's preferable. Yeah. Well, of course, Rachel was not the one as the ancestor of Jesus. No. It was no, Leah. I think the household. Was, uh, they were idolaters. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, um, Abraham had put aside idols, but apparently his relatives had not. And so Rachel, she steals the, the household idols. And later on, Jacob makes makes the family bury all these idols underneath the tree. <laughs> He's going to go worship God. He doesn't want any idols in the family <laughs> to pollute the thing. But yeah, it, it just... The world had such a hold on these people and God is working to separate a people who, who, would, who will not behave like the, the world around them. Anything else? Alright, well, good participation. appreciate everyone's help this morning.